Dr. Tar. This is Professor Feather. This is the Midnight Catfly. This is Dr. Head. And this is Blue the Blue Fuzz. And you are listening to Eighty-three. We, uh, uh, you did, threw me off. We did eighty-three. Eighty-three is uh, done and done. Did we? Yeah. Yes, we it did. Took a whole. This episode. is eighty-four. That's eighty-four right. is even even bigger, and uh, I imagine it's going to take a whole episode. So. Well, there it is. Thank you. Yeah, thank you for <laughs> joining us tonight. It's just, it's awesome. That's all, and we've said all we can say. I think. We've hope we've imparted some knowledge. It is our job. It is our job to impart knowledge. To impart. Okay, no, what knowledge we have. It's been imparted. Okay, so we are at the adventure. The adventures of Buckaroo Banza. Oh, I think I think we have one. We, we, have, we, we gotta do 2010. Yeah, I agree. We gotta start there. <laughs> it's, a, it's an unpleasant movie that needs to be talked about. Oh, no, no, no. It's a great movie. I'm sorry. I saw that and I thought uh, I had a truncated entry in my little database. Is that but truncated? It really say, yeah, it says truncated. Trump, it says 2010, yes. I love 2010. Okay, I'm with the gadfly on this one. I also enjoyed it. I wanted to like it so very much. Um, but Because I, I, I do enjoy, enjoy the visual impact of 2001 and I just uh, I found this to be somewhat of a boring kind of story, and the the message that the aliens sent was such a letdown. Like, oh, is that it? Really, you dragged this out all this way, and you couldn't have just fucking told us this on, on a message to the planet, right there? Seriously, aliens? Yeah. Well, if you if you read the books, that's uh, Clark's general plot is that they just yeah they do what they do they don't really care about us if, if we get in the way great if we don't great but they'll just fuck with us either way and that's all yeah, I've never i'm still waiting for our childhood's end to be done right i would be <laughs> i would yeah i would like to see that it's got roy scheider one of my favorite actors i love that guy well it also has john lithgow is a russian yeah right and oh. yeah. No, he didn't. He didn't play a Russian. He was the uh, Kurnow. He was the uh, the architect of uh, Discovery One. Oh. I know a little too much about this movie. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. It was the guy. Was it the? Oh, who was the guy that played the Russian? You've seen him Helen in the, in the in Helen Mirren. Uh, Hel- yes. Yeah, Helen Mirren. Yeah. <laughs> if you can see uh, the blue fez's face on video right now, <laughs> he's like, oh, oh hell yeah. <laughs> wait. I've got to channel a little Ed Wood here. I think she's a honey. <laughs> We're all glad you're sitting down, Fez. <laughs> <laughs> Is he? 
your pajamas. I pants. couldn't stand if I wanted to. <laughs> my mic, no, I may be sitting down, but my mic's not. Oh, yeah. <laughs> my Yeti's not. Welcome to the Yeti. Down, Yeti. Down. I, um, I like it. I like 2010 because it doesn't try to recreate 2001. You know what I mean? It, 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 yeah. it becomes literally its own movie. Yes. Um, and it has just great actors. The characters are great. Um, I love the relationship between Roy Schneider and the woman. Is she one of the Russians? Uh, yes. Yeah. She's, she's a captain. Yeah, because it, it becomes intimate without becoming him like cheating on his wife who's back home. And, but um, it, and it would. I mean, would, yeah. I, yeah. I like the movie. It wasn't bad. It was not the first one, no. And you're right. There, it wasn't made to be that way, though. There, and they had dolphins, right? Remember he was yes. studying dolphins? Okay, so that has got to be a Douglas Adams reference before they go <laughs> off. You know, because it was well before, you know, so long and thanks for all the fish. fish. Yes, he did. He did. Well, what I, what I liked about the movie it was the, the, the pure science of it. It is spot on scientifically correct. And it's such a joy. I didn't even care about the story. It was such a joy to see a kind of a hard science fiction story represented, which is it's really what it is, you know. And the alien thing becomes secondary to me. Mm-hmm. Um, that's like a that's like a more of a metaphor, you know, and it that's not something to be taken. That's more that the artistic bent of of the creator you know and and it, and, it, and it's almost irrelevant to me because i liked the pure science of the way that the movie was was put together yeah, some great production design by sid mead yes oh yes and that, and the ship looks great yeah that's why I said, I mean, yeah if you want to yeah go on pure story and uh it's it is you know there again it's it it becomes more that 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 a trope, you know, of, of, of heroics. Uh, that, that's what it is. <laughs> I like, I still like, I still like the, I still like the, the science. And when, when Scheider comes in with that line, we're going to need a bigger ship. I just, <laughs> I'm so happy that they work it in so seamlessly. <laughs> that makes me very happy. Uh, all right, so 2001. Oh, is, do you have a rebuttal uh, against all of this stuff, uh, Mark? I'm sorry, Dr. Head. No, I think we can like it and we get, we don't like it. I've, I've seen it a couple times, and again, I really wanted to like it much more than I did. And I think it was just a disappointment of, because 2001 has the sense of wonder, like, okay, these, these aliens put this monolith here. then And the way it was so surreally... Uh, shown with this with this transformation into this, into this star yes. child and this very visually like rebirth of of you know how the aliens have tweaked with us and and modified us and made us into what we are and continuing to kind of tweak with us i like that and i guess i was wanting to see more of an answer to it you know instead of just rehashing really yeah. essentially what it is it's a it's a it's a heavier budget version of of uh day the earth stood still and, and that's the message at the very end of it you know it's the very same kind of thing so i guess i was disappointed with that i wanted more but i can enjoy all the aspects that everyone else that you all talked about i i can mm-hmm. enjoy the ride it just i know the dis- end's going to be disappointment 
So I thought one of the differences though too was like uh, 2001 has a very kind of cold analytical feel to the whole movie, where this one, like you were talking about, they're kind of started with relationships and there's emotion going on also. More of a warmer movie, and even the color was warmer than what. Instead of the start, you know, yeah, like 2001 had, had that all white, yeah. Yeah. And it, yeah. So there's like a different feel between even the story and the, you know, and, and, and the cinematography about that, too. Yeah. With the late, yes, you know, the with the relationship with Russia at the time, yeah. Yeah. It, it, yeah, it was interesting, yeah. I liked it, yeah. It, 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 you're right. And it, and it didn't mimic or try to follow, I, I mean, it followed in the story, but try to emulate. The first movie. That was almost an entire episode right there. <laughs> <laughs> so let's move on to another great one that I think is going to, you know, get some good discussion, which is, uh, hang on, let me get this right. Buckaroo Banzai. The Adventures of Buckaroo Banzai across eighth shut. There we go. Not seven, not six. All right, so we, we, get some, we get some stellar talent in this really bizarre movie, which I don't know about the rest of you. Do you ever, like, every time I watch I go, how the fuck did that ever get made? Absolutely. Yeah, it's absolutely. So we have Peter Weller, John Lithgow, Jeff Goldblum, and Christopher Lloyd. Christopher Lloyd. So just to mention a few, there's a ton of other people in the movie. So what do you guys think about this movie? 1984. I saw it at the AMC theater at Southwick with my friend Chris. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> and we saw it. We saw it for uh, I think it was his birthday. You know, we just were gonna go see it, and I remember we watched it, and you get to the end, and we're like, "What the hell?" That was. The, we're like, we're both looking at each other. That's the greatest thing we've ever seen. It's bizarre, and it it, it you can, it's it's just a movie that just kind of goes. You know what? <laughs> Screw you. I am what I am. Deal with it. And I was we were like, "Oh, we want more of this." And we never did. And we were really disappointed about that. Uh, Dr. Head and I were talking about this. I think the 80s in general had some of the weirdest movies ever made. I, I mean, agree. seriously, they, they were cranking out some really odd movies. And uh, you just, and such a variation of stuff. You know, I have, <laughs> uh, yeah, the 80s What was that? I said, this is a good example. Oh um, yeah, and that that worked. I mean, oh, yeah. yeah, that was a fly too in the eighties. I mean, uh, you know, you had all these gooey body transformation ones too. A- anyway, yeah, Buckaroo was great though. It wasn't Star Wars. It wasn't anything. Else. It was so unique to itself that it was it was, it was great. Well, and the thing about the eighties uh, was even like starting in the late seventies, it wasn't just science fiction or horror movies doing that either every genre doing yeah. the, the weirdest stuff i mean this is the the decade we got uh blue velvet oh, right I mean, blood like, simple yeah and blood simple yeah the coen brothers i mean it just it was uh 80s and 90s to me were a heyday we have been in almost like a commercial void for the last 20 years. you know what i mean There's very few independent uh movies that uh gain the kind of access that uh, a lot of but anyway what did you like about buckaroo bonsai 
If you did, I don't know. Like, Dr. Head hasn't said anything about Buckaroo Bond. That's intentional. Oh! No, well, I, only because I I have not seen the whole movie from beginning to end, ever. Uh, I've seen bits and pieces. Like, back in the day, we had HBO or something. Um, and I remember seeing it. It was on a lot. And I remember seeing, like, 10 minutes here, 15 minutes here. I'm thinking, what the fuck is this? Um, and it was just so weird that I thought, boy, I just don't, I just don't know about this. So, but I was young. Um, but it's a movie that I thought, okay, I keep on hearing about it. I'm going to give it a try an honest, decent viewing, but I've just not done that. So I just don't feel like I've got much to. to Okay. So we should do that one for Unsane Radio. That would be a great episode. Sure. Oh, like behind the wall, all of us watch it. All of us watch it. Yeah. yeah. All right. I'm up for that. I haven't seen it for about 10 years, you know. Yeah, same here. Uh, Mrs. Tar loves that movie. That's her favorite movie. It's, wow. It's good. Yeah, it's yeah, it's fun. Yeah, I, I, I think just the off-the-wall quality. I mean, you up until that point, you know, we're in the 80s. We're, you know, movies are coming out. We're getting, a whole, like you said, a whole bunch of new and varied stuff. And then there was this, where it, you're just kind of like, you're thrown into the middle of this environment, into this world. You know, he, at this point, Buckaroo Banzai is already a top neurosurgeon, right. explorer, <laughs> rock star. He's got yeah. his band, the Hong Kong Cavaliers. And, <laughs> like, oh, and it's just, you're you're kind of like, I don't know really how to, what to make of this. And you just go with the flow. And it was just so delightful. It's kind of like Batman. He's just there. <laughs> yeah. And... I, that that was and, and again it's John I love John Lithgow he is just so I mean you can tell he is just having a blast with John a big booty it's booty booty John big booty it's like oh everybody it looks like everybody's having fun in their role and yeah so much fun. Yeah, it's funny that uh, Blue Fez hasn't seen this for 10 years and he's rattling off all these details. Yeah, well, that should be a testament to the film. I mean, yeah. it was like... It's a it fun was, movie. Yeah, I, I mean, it like, it like, you know, Chris and I saw it, it hit us like a brick and we're like, we can't wait for the, the next one. What was the, the sequel they, they teased at the end? Was it the, the, the Syndicate of Crime or something like that? And, you know, it's like two years later, we're like, are we gonna get another one, <laughs> guys? Please, no. Okay, <laughs> I, I still want it. <laughs> uh, what year did uh, Big Trouble in Little China come out? Was it '86? Was it something? Yeah, something right. '86, '85. But anyway, yeah, we'll, yeah, we'll get there. No, no, I no, I was just trying. I I didn't know when the frame of this stuff. I didn't know. When. So I guess the next one I have on my list. Bloodsuckers from Outer Space. <laughs> a, uh, Where was a, this made? This is made in 1984. That's the year we're in. <laughs> Where he said? Uh, Wikipedia. Well, I was just wondering if it was like a, it sounds like a Filipino movie. The, That's what Texas, I was. Texas residents. You must battle a place oh. that turns people into zombies. I've never Filipino movies movie. filmed in Texas. I don't know. <laughs> it's just got a good title. Yes, it does. I mean, get out of here, you uh, blood suckers! Myer State. <laughs> yeah, I think that's great. A great title. 
So nobody's seen it. All right, so we'll move on to uh, the brother <laughs> from another. John. Cena. Nope. Sorry, got me. <laughs> oh, the brother from another planet. Yeah, the brother. John Sayles. It's a great movie. I haven't seen that one in a while. It's long been a long time. time since I've seen that one too. I remember, yeah, I've, I've probably only seen it twice. Yeah, I liked it. I remember liking it. It's it's very odd. Um, you know, what the the black guy's from some other planet and he's here. Yeah, yeah, it's it's a very odd premise and real and really well done. Really yes. Gort Barada, bitch, John Sale. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, John Sales is great. Where where did John Sales get his start? Roger Corman. It, it, that's a good guess. You, if you guess that about anybody, just about <laughs> you get it right. You can, but we're right. <laughs> you are right. Yes. John Sales has got a. And if you haven't seen like Lone Star and Matewan, 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 or Matewan, yeah, yeah, Matewan, whatever. Um. His movies are phenomenal. Like his, he's got another one that's a political movie that has uh, John Houston, Danny Houston, um, mm. and uh, the other guy. He's uh, the other guy from. Um, I'm just so a brother from another planet. <laughs> definitely should see that one. How about Dreamscape? <laughs> I- I saw Dreamscape at uh, Southwick Cinemas. Yeah. <laughs> so who that had it? Des Quaid. Yeah, but it played. It played on. Not every- Dennis, but uh, not yeah, Dennis. Yeah, I can't imagine every- Randy Quaid. Yeah. It played on every <laughs> premium uh, channel uh, for for years. Yes. Oh, it did. Yeah, it was it was a favorite. That's probably it's, where I saw it. Yeah, it's pretty cheesy. Well, yeah, it's it's cheesy in the same way that the Beetlejuice is cheesy. So the Dreamscape looks a lot like the Beetlejuice's foray, or or the people's foray out of the house, in mm-hmm. the, where the sandworms are, all that. Kind of stuff. Right. That's Horrible true. green screen, all that kind of stuff. Um, yeah. But it was really good because, and honestly, I loved Dennis Quaid in this movie. I, I'm a big Dennis Quaid fan. Um, but uh, he was really just kind of semi manic. Movie, you know what I mean, like he was almost like he was like himself, even though he's trying. To I liked him in Inner Space. <laughs> Never saw it. Oh, that's good. That's a fun movie. Yeah, I think that fun. comes up later in this decade. Yeah. So, what do you guys think of Dreamscape? What's your experience with? It? Is that the one with Eddie Albert? <laughs> I know. <laughs> That's what you remember? Come on. Yeah. <laughs> That's about all I remember of the movie. Eddie oh, Albert. yeah. The one with Eddie Albert. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Eddie Albert. Eddie, Eddie Albert. Dreamscaping is the thing. That's <laughs> That there's a genuine dirt burger. <laughs> there was that version on Cinemax I saw. It was Wet Dreamscape. But um, that was a, that was a little different. Of it's a little movie, different. Yes, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, so let's go on to do. I think that one was by was made by Kurosawa, but I'm not sure. 
No. No. What? What? What is from uh, New Zealand? W H E T. It was a, about a guy who sharpened knives in his dreams. <laughs> that was a station on a Pittsburgh. That's what I always thought it was when they said wet dreams. Wait yes. Okay, so let's talk Dune. <laughs> David Lynn. <laughs> I thought um, the film visually has some really great elements. Um, the the guild navigator and the still suits um and but but trying to do herbert's masterpiece in in the time allotted and i know it was a mess when they were when they were bringing that out to the theaters and they were handing cards to people that told them who the who the principal characters were i knew (laughs) this is going to be a hot mess and i wasn't disappointed it is it is it is uh really unfair to Frank Herbert, uh, to to have to have what what Lynch did, and and again visually, it, it's something to look at. But as a as a Herbert fan, and as Dune is one of my favorite books of all time, the Dune series, uh, I was just really utterly disappointed with it. Yeah, uh, Doctor Head, I I remember that, that, and it wasn't cards. We we saw that at the Showcase Cinema. In Toledo, uh, I think on opening night um, on Secor, and we, we sat down, and I'll, I, I'll never forget this as long as I live. And then uh, theater people are coming in, and they're and it's like they they hand you the stack of paper. It's like you know, take one, pass it down, and we're like, what are we getting a test for this? And it's like it's kind of given us an outline of what's going on, and I'm like, oh, this is not going to be. Oh boy, <laughs> we're passing it down, and everybody's got the same. What the hell's going on? But you get that guy at the end of the row going, thank you. (laughs) Um, That was me. (laughs) So, yeah. I don't get it. Dude, for me, is like one of those movies that I I classify as where you're like, oh, you guys were so close. And it's like, just if you did this and you put that there and you fixed it and it's like this could have been awesome and it's like I'll still watch it I mean I I, I do enjoy the movie and recently there was a rabid Dune fan who spliced together like a three-hour edit of the movie and he he corrected a lot of the narrative issues that the film has and he broke the movie up into like three or four chapters which are sort of aligned with the book and then have and then have a and you know it's like chapter one and it'll you know it'll say you know Moadib or something like that and then it'll have a line from the book and I was amazed that the movies actually makes more narrative sense and I'm like oh man this is what they should have done but agree there's no way this movie should have been one movie this needed to be two films um because uh, it's just so much going on the original yeah the original cut was five and a half hours long um, I would have I would have been totally cool with that no I would, yeah, I would have loved it too hang on they actually aired the five and a half hour long cut on USA. Oh wow! I got to see it because uh, my former uh, brother-in-law recorded it, and he's like, "You got to see this version." Um, and it was so good because the narrative and the ex uh, exposition was minimal. You literally got the story from everything that was going on. Uh, but he said, even David Lynch says, "This is what broke him." where he didn't have director cut. 
he would never do a movie again where he did not have director. Mm. Um, but that five and a half hour version, so good. Oh, I really want to see yeah. that. Now I'm going to go scour the internet for yeah. one. Oh, you trust me, you won't find it. Um, it's, that yeah. Ed, the, yeah, the edit that I have, I I got it shortly before, I found a copy of it shortly before Warner Brothers announced their work on their movie, and they've They've they 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 bombed from high orbit. They you it's hard pressed to find a copy now. They have really clamped down on that. All right, so let's move on to Ghostbusters. Anybody whoa, like whoa, this whoa, movie? whoa! Hey, now we have skipped past the Ewok adventure. I uh, and Firestarter. Okay, would somebody mute Doctor Head? <laughs> Ewok adventure. I watched that on TV. <laughs> that was horrible. I, I if I could space you right now, I would. The, real, the, the way my screen is, it looks up. like you're pointing up into his square. And it looks like the Brady Bunch. <laughs> and that's what I'm doing. He, yeah. yeah, he's top square right now. That's right. Somebody mute him. Fez. The only reason why I bring it up is it, it came on my senior year. I was a senior in high school. We had an exchange student from Finland living with us that year. And when we watched the Ewok Adventure. Me near him the hand job. <laughs> So, Doctor Head, you were basically a teen, you were having a teenage sex comedy. Back no, then. no, no, <laughs> no. Oh, apple pie! I love Gee. you. <laughs> you mean I have to take my shirt always... off to watch the television? <laughs> it's just me and you, Sako. China <laughs> hey, knew five languages fluently. Um, when people come up at, coming up to her and saying, "Can you yodel?" <laughs> you know. <laughs> um, but anyway. She uh, she did get bit by a dog um, a few weeks into uh, being with us, a month or so in, and she had heard all these stories about rabies, um, getting rabies. And so, of course, being the good brother that I am, I'm telling her, oh, Tanya, they got to take you to the hospital and give you a whole bunch of shots in your stomach. Oh, she was scared. She's like shaking. I'm going to get the dog disease, you know. <laughs> I said, yeah, you probably are. It's going to hurt like hell. Um, but anyway... There, there's a little girl in the Ewok adventure reminded her of her little sister, and so she was homeless, homesick, and crying, and and that was just more entertainment than the Ewok adventure. But anyway, yeah, good story, good year, good year. Uh, anyway, Firestarter, I think, was worthy of talking about. Just back off. <laughs> That's all I'm going to say. There it is. I yep. Said, okay. Encapsulated. <laughs> no, no. I do. Fire starter. And and where's fire? Where did it come from originally? Yeah. Perfectly clear. David Keith. And Drew Barrymore, Georgie Scott, Martin Sheen. I mean, just that's a top notch cast. I love Georgie Scott. Georgie Scott's one of my favorite actors. Yes. Charlie! Yeah, and I, I, why I like Stephen King, I, I would not say I'm a fan, um, but the 80s, as we know, were just a, a deluge of Stephen King stuff coming out. Like, every mm-hmm. goddamn thing he wrote came became a movie, whether it should have been or not. You know, like the mm-hmm. ones with the cats. You know, it was just like, Jesus Christ. Damn. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, maybe. I don't know. Is that the one with, the, like, the vampire and the cats or something? I don't know. Oh, was that the Sleepwalker the thing? That, was that? Sleepwalkers. Maybe that's what it was. Like, whew. But, uh, yeah, Firestarter. So, there you go. Little girl makes fires. There you go. That's all about all I remember. I thought it was 
worthy science fiction movie, though. One of Drew. Go ahead. Yeah, one of Drew Barrymore's best roles, I I believe, and uh, I th- I actually like the movie. I don't like Stephen King uh, overall, um, but there are instances, and some of the things seem to translate pretty good for me. I'll, you know, into a movie, and this happened to be one of them. Yeah, and I kind of I kind of I kind of liked it. Um, I like. Uh, I don't know much about the movie. I mean, it, I've only seen it a couple of times, maybe. I mean, I don't know who did the cinematography, but the cinematography in it is just. That was a high end movie, man. You know, it's it's a beautifully shot movie. Yeah, I, I what just. What was Cronenberg? Uh, I really liked it. Version of a and movie. and and. Um, what was that called? That's Christopher a, Walken. Yeah, Dead Zone. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We'll yeah, get to that one. All right. All right. All right. We'll get to that one. But yeah, anyway, so there it, you go. Firestarter, and, and then what were we up to? <laughs> Ghostbusters. <laughs> what are you going to do? Move it. on. Ghostbusters. Okay. Yeah. Shut your dirty <laughs> hole, feather. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I love it. I got to go movie. with uh, some friends. Uh, okay, so a friend of mine's mom, uh, Andy Laidlaw, it was his birthday, so I got to go with him and my friend Roger. Um, to we went to Toledo, which was a big deal because we lived in small town northwest Ohio, um, and we saw this movie and we just fucking gushed afterwards. We just could not be like more like amped up and just like nerded out. It was just like oh, it's like after if if I were a football player after a great game we won, I think that's what it would have felt like. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I, my, my, again, my friend Chris and I, we rode, it was at Showcase. We rode our bikes to see that. And that it was the same thing. We, we gushed about that movie all day. It was, it was just, you know, you had people at the top of their craft at the time that came together to make this movie. You know, every, everybody was on, uh, at the top. And it was, uh, yeah. And the combination and of just, Bill Murray and Dan Aykroyd. Except for Bill Murray. It wasn't Bill Murray's top. I'll 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 take exception to that. Since oh. since that movie has been made, Bill Murray has made some of the most fantastic movies ever made, and his his stretch as an an actor and performer has is light years from what he was in in Ghostbusters. But what he was in Ghostbusters right. was well, I absolutely I, I perfect. I wholeheartedly agree because he was being the Bill Murray of 1984. Yes, you know, and he was at doing that kind of laconic sometimes over-exaggerated goof that we wanted to see, but the combination of him and Dan Aykroyd and Harold Ramis and Ernie Hudson together, and then you got Annie Potts, who's adorable. I mean, the whole cast is phenomenal, top to bottom. You know, Sigourney Weaver, Rick Moranis, I mean, it all works together. It uh, it's funny, it's smart, it's it's yeah. entertaining. Um, it had, it had it, fun special effects, you know, a great catchy song, a video game that came, you know, what, what more could you want? Yeah, it had a it had the quintessential uh, Bill Murray scene too when he lifts up the key uh, the piano thing and hits the two notes <laughs> yeah. and goes, "Oh, they hate this." <laughs> I like to torture him. They can't stand this. They can't stand this. <laughs> yeah. yeah, Ghostbusters is really good. Uh, yeah, and that was at the theaters for a long time. Mm-hmm. Like, wasn't about like six months. It was oh, yeah, still in, there was a Ghostbusters mania. 
Yeah. Well, they, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, well, they talk about how the difference uh, with the 80s where you could, if you didn't see it the first two weekends, you could still see it for probably about four months after yeah. if it was a really good good movie. Yeah. They don't do that anymore. Um, and honestly, right now they're, they're thinking about allowing movie makers to own theaters again. So that they so that they don't have to do that. So that they can have those things showing mm-hmm. you know, for 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 longer. Yeah, well, some of those movies, um, like when we had Star Wars at our local theater, that showed for over a year. You know, I mean, you yeah. can't imagine that now. Now there's all these big Googleplexes and stuff. But but yeah, Grim, uh, Ghostbusters was around a long, long time. Yeah. Uh, so I, I, the '80s really gave us a, a bunch of directors that were just cranking out all this great stuff like Ivan Reitman you know he was doing all kinds of stuff David Lynch uh, and then we get to Joe Dante yeah um, <laughs> who you know another Corman alumni uh, also you know kind of uh, ushered in and uh, mentored by Spielberg um, but we get gremlins yeah. again another one of those movies that just it just it had this uh, I loved it. I loved yeah. it. We saw this on yeah, HBO was, or two. We had, you know, we saw that as well. We didn't go to the theater to see it, but it was one of those ones. It was on TV and because it was around Christmas time. I think it's about the time we saw it because I think the movie sets itself around Christmas, if I remember. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I remember all of us watching it and just falling in love with, you know, Mogwai or whatever the, the gremlin was, but just, uh, just loving the, every part of the movie, every part of the movie. You know, it's just great. It's great fun. It's a tremendous, tremendous fun. Yeah, and what make, what makes it and what makes it great is it didn't shy away from being a little wicked. Yeah, you think it could have easily stayed mm-hmm. in the cute zone, but when those gremlins come out and start tearing the town to shreds, they're you know they're you know it's almost like the Twilight Zone. Easy people flying out the window, mm-hmm. cars are exploding. <laughs> and you're like, oh, okay, they're they're not they're not backing down from this. Yeah, yeah, right. It's yeah. Oh, it was also because uh, we were in high school at that. A lot of us were in high school at that time, and it was Phoebe Mm -hmm. Cates as the as the female lead. And we were like, "I have seen your boobs." (laughs) (laughs) Phoebe. Phoebe. (laughs) Uh, she was great. Um, the I think the movie was just really good. Uh, Was it Joe Don Baker? Was the dad? Boyd Axton. Point accident. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. That whole that whole thing, you know, with the, the whole mysticism behind it, and, mm-hmm. uh, the, whole and the rules. You know, rules. don't beat him after yeah, midnight. Rules, don't yeah. get him wet. You know, the ancient Asian. <laughs> right. Yeah, well, that, yeah, that, that trope. Yeah. <laughs> well, and it was it was everything that represented the '80s, which was the shopping mall. Uh-huh. So, I mean, that's like that was a big part of the like 80s, Gone of the Dead, you know, like, yeah, right, exactly. All right, so after uh, Gremlins, what do we have? Iceman, Iceman, yeah, with Timothy Timothy Hutton, Hutt. right? Yeah. I I really like this movie. Um, yeah, I did too. I remember being very moved by it when I first saw it because it was surprised me this relationship with this uh, this very believable, you know. Un, you know, thawed Neanderthal kind of guy, um, and and started to feel like you could, you know, the movie ends on such a bittersweet note that I wasn't expecting. But by that time, I really cared for the character and the relationship that established. But I thought it was uh, less science fictiony, but still had a really 
moving story. And I, I have always liked this movie. <laughs> yeah, same yeah. here. Pretty good caveman movie. <laughs> I mean, it is. It really is. Yeah. It was. I mean, yeah, the science, yeah. the science the was story irrelevant to the situation. Other than, other, other than, than you know, being that story, uh, being able to use that as the right. Yeah. Well, the place the where science was not irrelevant was the space pirates. <laughs> <laughs> no. Ice pirates. Hardcore science ever. Ice pirates. Ice pirates. Ice pirates. Ice pirates. Sorry. The ice so pirates. that would be like arbor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my Robert Ulrich. Killdozer. Mary Crosby. Oh boy, ice pirates. I saw this movie maybe 15, 14, 12 years ago for the first time. Only time. Uh, oh, it was a, like 90 minutes of being slowly punched in the nuts, you know? <laughs> it just was slow and pushed and contact and push and contact and push. Uh, yeah. And it was... Apparently, <laughs> apparently I'm a masochist because I love that movie. <laughs> I'm like, come on, space herpes? <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I remember seeing it on cable a lot. Like when it when it left the theater and went to cable, I remember seeing it. Yes. I, it's in that kind of bad movie sort of genre, so I, I enjoy it for that. But uh, fun fact: it was co-written by the same person who wrote Crawl. So there you go. Oh, you, I hate Crawl. <laughs> that says it all right there. We, did, we already yeah. talked about crawl, damn it. So we'll go on to an, <laughs> we'll, we'll go on to another one that's uh that I really like, which is The Last Starfighter. Ah, great movie. Yes. Great movie. Yeah. Uh Robert Preston's role in that is great. Yeah. I, that, dude's, that dude could say anything. Yeah. He could read, you know, the That's true. Uh, the ingredients off a medicine bottle. <laughs> great. Yeah. But that that whole the whole premise of that movie is really cool, and it's almost like um, Ender's Game, mm-hmm. uh, the book, and and which was made into the movie. In that they find the starfighter by having a video game, um, that tests his reflex, and the, you know he does so well at this. He, what he lives in like a trailer park or something like that, isn't it? Lance yeah. Guest, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, Yep. And uh, he plays this uh, game at an arcade, which again, this you know, again harkens back to my childhood, uh, where and Tron, you go to Tron. well, it, yeah, it was right. You know, you know, this, you're talking 1984, right. <laughs> mm-hmm. where yes. you'd actually go to an yes. arcade. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, the ones in the again, the ones in the mall, like Red Baron. Oh yeah, yes. Yes. Nice. yeah. Uh, Having the yeah. best thing would be invited to like a birthday party. Yeah, and everyone could pick a hundred free tokens. Yeah. I remember we played. Oh, okay. It was a gauntlet for like yes. three hours. You know, we all got a yeah. hundred tokens. Like we're gonna, we're gonna beat this game. <laughs> you know, yeah. That, but that became the device to use. Sure. You know, there's your pop cultural reference right there, man. That became the device to use to, you know, suck in the audience. Yeah, because that's the audience they were trying to and, appeal and I, to anyway. And 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 it, and it was culturally relevant, which is very very cool and makes it historical in it in that fact. You know. Um, not much else I, makes uh, this movie I, historical. I, I, but, yeah, there we that. go. 
I, really? Another movie. I know. I know. I, I, I have never seen this movie. I keep on hearing. I need mm-hmm. to see it from, from the people who are fans. And I'm sure a lot of that has wrapped around all the, what, what we've talked about. And I can totally appreciate the nostalgia. So it's on my, I need to see this movie list. I do. I will watch it one day. Yeah, it's the story I think is really good. And it's also, it's one of the pioneers of yes. uh, 3d yes. um, special effects, yeah. mm-hmm. you know, right there with yes. Dune. Oh, going back to Dune, we forgot to mention uh, Sting. Sting and his tank. Mm-hmm. Knife, the knife, the knife fight. Mm-hmm. Now think about that. Remember the knife fight? Him. Yeah, yeah. And hard. talking, but we're just talking about this you're talking about the, the, the uh, special <laughs> effects. You know, that was a kind of a notable special effect. The way that they did it. <laughs> Yeah, I apologize too. Sorry, sorry, I had to interject. <laughs> All right, so we're on to Night of the Comet. Ah, I love this movie. Yes, it's so much fun. 80s movie. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, what was her name? Uh, not Shawnee or whatever. Catherine Stewart. Yeah, who was who was? Who's the other one? Catherine Stewart. Yeah. Catherine Stewart. Mary Stewart. Mary Stewart, the curly yeah, hair Catherine one. Mary Stewart. Is that what we're talking about? Right. The other teenager, younger yeah. sister yeah. or whatever she was. That was that was Kelly Maroney. Oh, right. Who was also in Chopping Mall? <laughs> right. Chopping Mall. You know, I, you know, I have never seen that one. Have you guys? Have you ever seen Chopping it? Mall. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. I've never seen that one. It's like short circuit with a lot of blood and some boobs. <laughs> <laughs> you know. <laughs> short circuit could have been you know <laughs> come on Disney just shows a pair of fucking tits once in a while will ya <laughs> it's like district 9 with floral arrangements <laughs> no, no night of the comet was one of those movies if it popped up on cable I watched the movie every time it's yep. just no barkers and fun and Okay, I really wanted to see the blonde, you know, taking clothes off. So I'm not gonna lie there, but it, it's just—it's a nice little flip on the on the the zombie genre. It's yeah. just a fun movie. So the apocalypse really is coming, it. and I yes, yeah, and I love that idea of this comet and the trail. Yeah, everyone's affected by it except for these two girls, and they're wandering these empty streets. And I, I, it's a lot of fun. I, I like this movie an awful lot. <laughs> What was the Peter Graves movie? An excellent movie. Yeah, they all wake up and uh, most everyone's like these little piles of white crystal. What, what was that? It was like a maid. It was like a made for. T- where have all where have all the people Blue gone? Paradise. Uh, where have all the people gone, or something like that? And it ends up being Werewolf. like it was like this some massive solar flare for whatever reason, like reduced. Was wow. it like an early seventies movie? Something like that, yeah. But anyway, was it like seventy-two. Yeah, that sounds familiar. There was no zombies, but and, there was the powder people. Does yeah. So. And, and Doctor Head, did you just say blow paradise? I, I think I did. Yeah, that I, yeah, everybody's like, oh, people are turned into big piles of white powder. Let's snort them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. I think I do something. <laughs> Not future. That's, right. that's the new zombie. Cutting up zombie. Hey, this okay, is big. So. Cut with zombie. <laughs> okay, 
just so we can get we need to get through 1984 <laughs> in a reasonable amount of time. That's the, movie, the next movie, 1984. Yeah, the next movie is 1984. Right now, hey, pretty I, bleak. I love this movie, this version. I love the novel, um, and it it William Hurt just does such a great job. Uh, the, the look of the film is stark and horrifying. Yeah, the cinematography, the set design, the decoration, so yeah, the, and, yeah. And the design, nihilistic, design. and just, uh, you know, and it's it just spot on for the novel. The details are there. And and having, you know, I taught this for years. Uh, and every time I teach, I just come away with it a better, uh, a better feeling about it, just a more appreciation. And boy, this one, it still hits like a punch to the gut. It, it is a solidly well done uh, movie uh, of this book for sure. Yeah. And, and John Hurt, well, and again, what a, another f- favorite actor of mine. Uh, he's just phenomenal in that movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's, yeah. Yeah, I agree. It's it's a, just, I, yeah. It, it's, it's a good, rever- it's a good, and Burton, good reference was, to the, uh, to the book, I think, yeah. you know, and a good companion. And and all the more topical in today's atmosphere too, I might add. Was it at the time? Wasn't it Reagan? Um, uh, yeah, just came but, into yeah. office or pretty close. Yes. Well, he. Oh, well, he would have been finishing up his first term. Eighty-four. Yeah, he's finishing up his first term. So we were probably heading into all the re, you know, right. the re-election nonsense. Yes. <laughs> what a good time! But the movie is pretty What's topical. The book, yeah, I mean, it's even, and this book, so is the book. So. It just because it all ties together. <laughs> yeah. Yes, it does. It does. All right. What's the next one? Okay, moving on from 1984, we Ta-da! have 1985. <laughs> no, that's not a movie. I have no, I have no listeners. <laughs> well, I'm sorry, <laughs> gentlemen. <laughs> the, uh, the next the movie is uh, Eraserhead. I did. <laughs> Oh, the, there is that, there, yeah. is that was that made in 1984? Yeah, yeah, saw yeah. It, saw Interesting table. premise. I, I like the premise mm-hmm. a lot. Mm-hmm. The time travel and yeah, and, me too. Uh, I read about. I it. like the story. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> I missed something. I missed it. <laughs> Damn you, Gadfly! <laughs> yeah, you did. You did. <laughs> oh, good, good. it was a Gadfly moment. It was a gadfly bomb. That's what it was. Two fly pie. <laughs> but the Philadelphia experiment, yeah, I thought, and I thought it was pretty well done. You know, it was kind of like utilitarian, but very, you know, but you know, they got the idea across. <laughs> the vein of it reminds me of a Final <laughs> Countdown. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Is that the one with the aircraft carrier? Yeah. 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 I like that one too. That's a lot. We're gonna warp, and I don't. <laughs> yeah. Right. Well, yeah, that was all, uh, you know, that was all secret um, messages from the underground Tesla society. Um, those were propaganda movies. So. Now, what's next? Uh, Gadfly from, we just discussed, we discussed the shit out of 1984, the movie. You got to go see it. Experiment. <laughs> what's that? Been there, done yeah, that. We talked about yes. that one already. You're Put behind the time, time slip. <laughs> we just finished talking about that one. Yeah, time slip. Uh, 
Only the best directors have those. <laughs> <laughs> our our time right. machine works. <laughs> but everything's blurry. <laughs> Uh, how about Rapoman? Uh, we should talk about Rapoman. Rapoman. I remember seeing Rapoman and being very impressed with Rapoman. it when I was uh, 17 or so when I saw this. <laughs> Just the one time I saw it, but I liked Rapoman. I thought it was a lot of fun. Mm. It is. I that like one that with movie. Emilio Estevez. Harry Dean Stanton. Harry Dean Stanton, yeah. Yeah. And Harry Dean Stanton, yes. Oh, Harry Dean Stanton. Whoa. There's a guy we could talk about forever, but we won't because we're moving on. <laughs> What's that? What's Godzilla. next? Or in, in, uh, the United States. Wait, just to, wait, we can't, we can't, we can't just skip over Repo Man. Come on, we have to say that it was like a, a seminal movie for weird science fiction. Like it really kind of started the trend of, yep. of other yes, science fiction. Yes, that's true. Really a, a number of. Yes, and it's very it's great it's soundtrack. Very, it's a, it bro- yeah, yeah. yeah. A brilliant idea for yes. a simple, yeah. you know, for something that could be shot very low budget. Yeah. Yes. Very mm-hmm. good stuff. So um, after Repo Man, we should probably talk about the return of Godzilla. Oh, wait, did I hear that already? <laughs> you might have time slip. <laughs> Let's do the Yeah, time. the return of Godzilla. <laughs> oh, that's the return so of which, Godzilla. Which, which one returns. is this? <laughs> No, this is the first time he returned with a machine gun. This should be no. This this was when Toho. This this is not okay. It's not after about uh, let's see, no, seventy five, nineteen seventy five. Toho had done their last Godzilla movie of the Showa era, which was the Terror of Mechagodzilla. So this was like nine years later because it was nineteen eighty four. It's the thirtieth anniversary of the original Gojira, and so Toho kind of wanted wanted to reinvent the Godzilla story and basically retell an updated version of the original Gojira. And so they um, did this. They did it. With, they did this movie. <laughs> yeah. And a lot of people love this movie. It's a very divisive movie in uh, the Godzilla fandom. Uh, I like the movie. I think it's slow um, in places. And there's no other monster, no other villain. And the Toho, I think, got lost in the special effects at times because they had built this almost full scale uh animatronic Godzilla yeah. for some of the shots which was neat but it just kind of stands there like that the robotic King Kong from 1976 yeah, that's you know? exactly what it is oh. yeah um, but there is there is something about it uh, the setup which still I find very intriguing and pulls me in um, in a way that I that I really like but it's it's not one of my favorite movies, and it's got a very sad end for most Godzilla fans. They said they <laughs> cried at the end. You know, you I go. did not cry, but uh, doesn't but didn't uh, the American it's, it's, version have Raymond Burr? They did bring him they back bring him in, back? yeah, and he that, did right really next to the Doctor Pepper machine. And yeah, it was just it was just a nightmare because he, you know, they're trying to bring this levity to this film, and it's actually a really, again, a very serious film that they hadn't done in Japan since probably, well, the first Godzilla. So they were really trying to bring back this tone of a serious monster movie. And uh, the, the American version, Raymond Burr keeps a pretty straight face, but the, some of the military dunces around him are trying to be funny and make bad jokes, and just they all fall flat. Uh, you don't but, think Raymond uh, Burr was having fun with it? Uh, well, he might have been having fun. He was fun, standing still, next to him. 
soda machine. Dr. Pepper machine. <laughs> right. It's a, the bad product placement. <laughs> yeah, but. Was it Dr. Pepper? The Japanese version. Yeah, I prefer the Japanese version, uh, but it did bring a lot of American awareness of the of the character again, and brought him into popular culture. No, I agree. I went and saw it. Yeah, I was like, yeah. Mrs. Tar and I were like one of three people in the theater at the Clay Zell. Oh, wow. <laughs> Two or three people. Okay, the next one is <laughs> Runaway. <laughs> <laughs> directed by Michael. You to tell him, yeah, you there you go, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> That's right, ladies I'm and gentlemen. Sorry. Welcome to Guess That Nudie. <laughs> <laughs> Just tapping Morse code. It was directed by Michael Crichton. Right away. Star- starring Tom Selleck. Yeah. Cynthia Rhodes, uh, Rhodes um, Gene Simmons, and Kirstie Alley. Um, what about I think this movie. What? Go ahead. I was gonna say, what about Tom Selleck's mustache? Doesn't he get credit here? Tom Selleck and his mustache. It was on loan from Feather. Mustache. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> no, we we don't know the we don't know the name of the stories. guy attached to Tom Selleck. The mustache. What flavor is being savored in here? <laughs> I was blown away by Runaway. I really love. This is like one of my favorite like low budget movies. It's fun. I think it's yeah. It is. It's a lot of fun. And uh, um, Gene Simmons just chews up the scenery. Um, and I think I just think Tom Selleck's all right. You know that that fucked up mustache. You know, aside, he's cool dude. So you like him without the stash? Robots and and Gene is a maniacal. You know, super villain one or you know wannabe. And you know, I just. Disappointed that he didn't break out into like world without heroes or something. <laughs> but, you know, it's it's a fun movie. It is. It, it's actually kind of prescient, you know, with the whole like robots and assassinations with drones and all that kind of stuff. Um, but yeah, I just uh, it was one of those cable movies where you saw it, and you went, oh, yeah. awesome. And then I watched it multiple times, you know, on Showtime or whatever yeah. it was on. And you're like, boy, this is it, what a what an amazing world, the time we live in, when we can have movies being shown for us. Real movies, so, yeah. and, and I'll watch it again. So, <laughs> yeah. So that brings us to Star Trek Three: The Search for Take Spock. Away. Take it away, Blue Fez. <laughs> Why are you giving it to me? Like I like Star Trek or anything? Okay. <laughs> okay. So we're coming a couple of years after uh, the insanely popular Star Trek Two: uh, The Wrath of Khan. And uh, spoiler alert: Spock dies in the end of Rathcon. So what? We all know that by yeah, I know. So, and it was partly because uh, Nimoy, I think, was kind of done, wanted wanted out of this, and then Khan um, hits huge at the box office, and Paramount's like, "Oh crap, please!" And he's like, "Okay, well, I'll come <laughs> back, but you, I get to direct." And they're like. Uh, okay, so fine, and so they they craft a story which you know it's it's you you get into the science fiction. We're gonna bend a few things here and there, um, but it's Genesis. It all fits, right? But so here's the thing: a, a lot of Trek fans don't consider this one of the top Star Trek movies. They are like, it's it's a good movie. It's a it's okay. It's 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 between Khan and Voyage Home, which are two well thought of movies. I personally like um, Search for Spock for one reason. So it's 84, um, and I'm 16, and I'm, I'm sort of coming into this hardcore Trek nerd thing. And um, 
when the movie's announced. So what I did, and I had, and, and, and I'm, I'm, I'm going hardcore nerd here. I had uh, one of the Starfleet technical manuals. So I had crafted one of the badges from Wrath of Khan, and I did it out of like um, a mat board, and I painted this thing up. The thing looked really good. I mean, it looked like it could be made out of metal. I mean, I was using brushed metal paint on it and everything, and I put it on my shirt, and it was being shown at the Franklin Park Cinemas. And I remember waiting in line to see it on opening night. And it was like the first time that I had gotten into with a group of other Star Trek fans. And they're all like, wow, you made that? That's really cool. And it was kind of like, one of us. And I kind of went in and it's like I was part of this big group now. It's like I found my people. Um, and we all had a great time. I, I mean, I do enjoy the movie. I mean, come on. Christopher Lloyd playing a Klingon. Captain Kirk, you will surrender the secrets of the Genesis torpedo. No. Okie uh, doke. I, I, I forget the guy who used to do that bit. That was always one of my favorite bits that he did. That's but my I mean, favorite bit right now. Yeah, but it's it's a it's a fun movie. I mean, every you could, again, you can tell everybody's having a good time. It's pretty well balanced I mean, it's not the greatest story but i mean it's good i, I enjoy it I, I have a question though uh and what i was disappointed with was not seeing kirstie alley because i i like her uh, in sort yeah. of and she had just started acting and they replaced her do you know why she was not in yes. the movie yeah she um they approached her to do a search for spock she wanted more money like an insanely huge amount of money okay and they're like wait you're not top tier uh the, you're not the, the the big set here you're down maybe third tier. Uh, was no. it Star Trek Two their first movie? It was one of her first. Yeah, because I remember yeah. saying like introducing Kirstie Alley. I remember seeing Kirstie that Kirstie Alley, in, yeah. in the in the credits because I just watched Rathacon last night actually. Um, yeah, but and I thought, oh, she's great. You know, and yeah, but, she is. She did a great job with that role, yeah. and it so it's a, it's a little bit jarring when you see. Um, Robin Curtis take over the role of Savick and not no. not the same. You say no. what you will about Kirstie Alley, but she does have a certain presence when back then when she was on film yeah. that I think worked for the character. And it, it just yeah, Robin it just didn't quite. But I I mean she did a, Robin Curtis did a good job. But yeah, uh, Alley wanted too much money and they just balked at it. But then again, Paramount's well, notoriously cheap. So at that time she was uh, about to start work on um, Cheers. Oh, so well maybe that and, yeah. And the money was like, okay, do I get this kind of money or this kind of money? You know. All right, so we're going long. So let's get. To, we've got. We've got like three more movies before we get out of 1984 Star in this episode. Man. <laughs> He's a crazy barman. <laughs> Taking over your dead husband's body. That's right. <laughs> Will you sleep with him? A yes. new kind of, yeah, the a new kind of alien probe. <laughs> it glows just like E.T.'s finger. I'm disappointed. Oh, you, you've spoiled oh. such a pure thing, but all right. That's it. No, so that's what my cervix looks like. <laughs> you want the D cell? A womb with a light. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, Starman again. It was another. It was another cable movie, like each, you know, one of those HBO things. Um, I remember really liking it a lot. Yep. I mean, I like Jeff Bridges and Karen Allen. I mean, you know, yeah. just it was just great. Yeah, yeah. Jeff Carpenter directed, mm -hmm. um, and Jeff Bridges kind of carries off this yeah. alien who's kind of really exploring what 
life is through the limitations of this body. I thought it was a, very, a really convincing performance and that everything's new. There's a little bit of humor in there, but there's a lot, a lot of pathos. So I remember really enjoying this movie. Yeah, same here, really, for the same reasons. Yeah. Same for me. And, and yeah, exactly. And yeah, it was a cable movie. And, you know, I think you know, we're getting into the era too because we started talking about it a lot more. You know, cable versus going to the movies and seeing movies there. You know, cable is making it much easier now to kind of, if you don't see every movie that comes out in the theater, you can now watch them on cable within a pretty reasonable period of time. You know, and uh, and then, yeah, little movies like this, I think I consider this a little movie. Um you know, in its in its um, all overall scope, but and but brilliantly done. And yeah, uh, cement in my love of he, Jeff he won the Oscar. He got the uh, for lead in this uh, part, yes. and rightfully so. It was, it was really remarkable. Um, and I think this and uh, what was the one that we talked about uh, with uh, Dennis Quaid, um, Enemy Mind. Yeah. Oh. Uh, yeah, that's that a great movie. movie too. And it's it's just the two movie. of them. They're carrying the weight of this movie. I mean, all you have is these yeah. two characters back and forth. Yeah. But it was so I, well done. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think I think that's one of the hallmarks of the eighties, and we'll get into that with E. T. and all that kind of stuff, is the intimacy of this kind of bigger picture with a smaller uh, story. Like a story that's more intimate, you know, that you know, kind of uh, alludes to all that kind of stuff, which makes it really interesting. Um so then we get to, to, I think, is one of my life-changing movies, like a movie that I fucking mm. love so much, which was The Terminator yeah. by James Cameron. Um, I went back to the theater to watch that I probably six times, <laughs> which meant I drove from Wauseon, Ohio, to Toledo, which was like 35 miles one way to, to go see that. And then every time it was on cable, I would watch this movie. Um, I don't know what it was about the movie, um, but it, like it really hit home for me. So. Who wants to talk about this movie? And where did uh, Cameron, Where? what school did he graduate from? Filmmaking? Hard Knocks. He's another one. No, Corman, yeah. Hard Knocks. Yeah, he's yeah, another Corman. Corman yeah. all the way. Yeah. And that shows in that movie, though, too, if you watch it. But it's awesome. Yes. Great movie. Yeah. Yeah, at the time it was. I thought it was. Yeah, it was pretty groundbreaking for an action movie or something. You know, just yeah, it was different. And uh, yeah. what well, hits a little so many things in that zeitgeist. You got, I mean, you have the action, and you have this concept of this of this android, which we hadn't really seen literally fleshed out like we did with Arnold Schwarzenegger, who was also coming into his own as this megastar after the Conan movies and just seeing his physical presence, just like, oh, you believe it. Oh, this guy's going to fuck you up. Um, and then, you know, and and I think it was like the first time I had seen Lyndall Hamilton. I'm not sure if she had been acting before that, but Michael Bean, you know, again, mm-hmm. just really top-notch cast, but yeah. this relentlessness of this pursuer, you know, it was like a, almost like the mechanized zombie or mummy. Stalker. Like mummy. Type, yeah, Jason. Or, yeah, yeah, it's always going to be there. There's that there was that aspect of it, but it was also the the weird or the great twist of the time travel. You know, the the or the conundrum like he, Michael Beans gets sent, but then that's their coupling is what creates the you know the kid who sends his dad back. You know, um, yeah, there's just something to like with everything, and then Best Moda from the 20 minute workout. You know. She stars in it too. So, 
I mean, again, if you don't want to see it for all the terminating action, you watch Best Moda. So there you go. <laughs> yeah, it's it's great because he has the. It's got a lot of really great catchphrases. You know, like this was before catchphrases were a thing, but they were they were making them a, a thing. Um, and um, they had the. Um, oh, I totally lost my train of thought. Nah, you got me in the garage. I'll be back. I'll be back in the in the nineteen seventy five. Oh, no. it wasn't okay. It wasn't just him being a force of nature. It was that he was an inevitability of intelligence too, because the way he would like make the phone calls and do all that kind of mm-hmm. stuff and go, "What's your address there?" <laughs> <laughs> um, and yeah, yeah it's such a it's such a which was always just the weirdest part that, you know, you've got this Android who has this heavy accent. So you always wondered who, 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 who is the guy that was sitting back there that programmed that snicker. Don't question this AI. They all watched the Hercules. <laughs> and the Terminator. So to round out. Oh, okay, go well, ahead. Final, final word. All these great sequels too, especially the second one. Yeah. Uh, T2 was just astonishingly good, I thought. It was like the difference, it, you know, it, it just launched and was just balls-to-the-wall action and, and uh, just so much entertaining. And then the, the CGI, that was like the first movie I remember seeing really employ CGI in a way with this liquid metal. And some of the shots were like, even when I watch them now, like, oh, God, that's really impressive, you know. But we're going yes. we'll to we'll get to that down the road. Yes. Yeah, we'll and, and we'll talk yeah. about where that liquid metal yeah. came from uh, long before Terminator Two. Um, um, so the last one that we can talk about, or unless you guys have other ones, is uh, the classic, the defining uh, movie of the 1980s, <laughs> the Lloyd Kaufman <laughs> spectacular extravaganza, the Toxic Avenger. Toxic Avenger. Oh, Toxie. <laughs> I remember I remember watching this movie I think I think we got it on VHS yeah. you know this is how I remember and it just yeah. I saw from the cover alone like here's this like oh, yeah. weird mutant looking guy holding a mop and I'd never heard of trauma before I'm like I read the back I'm like oh my god this looks like it's going to be awesome and I remember watching it with some friends Bangoria, and we were just howling and just like thought it was it's so over the top and gruesome and funny and all the things you know you want to see as a 17 year old running movies like this i i just fell in love with the movie i thought it was just hysterical and i was like oh yeah this this is high entertainment mm-hmm. yeah this this for me is the the quintessential cable movie this is where i saw most of the trauma output was on cable because I think they pretty much figured out, hey, you know, we can do theatrical release, but let's push these guys to cable. That's where everybody's going. I think they took advantage of that early on. And I remember watching a bunch of these. Yeah, Toxic Avengers is so much fun. It's great. Yeah, the I knew nothing of Lloyd Kaufman or any of his movies um, until we went to conventions. And then Tar and Feather are both going, Lloyd Kaufman. And then, and then we were talking to Lloyd Kaufman and he was hanging out, you know, so you don't really think about it. And then somebody goes, he did Toxic Avenger. And I'm like, well, I've heard of that. You know, never watched it. Um, I didn't watch it till like probably like 2013 or something like that. 
um, and started watching all these different things and going, hey, we used to hang out with that dude, you know, at the conventions. He was at Cinema Wasteland all the time. Remember, like, for, like, probably the first, like, eight years, he was there every time and hanging out. And he would go into anybody's room and do a, a bit. Do a recording. Nice. He's like, yeah, no charge, none of That's that stuff. Cool. He's like, whatever. That's way cool. Yeah. yeah. Cameo. He's still that way. If you, if you contact him right now and we could say, hey, do us a thing that says, you're listening to Unsane Radio. Yeah. He Let's do, do it. it. Yeah. Okay. Okay, Mark, get on it. You were the I first one to say, Let's do it. I had, sent, I had actually contacted him about, um, about doing something for Cyclops movies, and I never heard back from him. So I guess it shows you the shit he can put out, but he was all like, <laughs> no, I don't know. I don't know. Um, but I, I'll be happy to contact him. I'm not sure what we'll get back, but I, this is like the high mark of trauma. Tromeo and Juliet, perhaps, but the Toxic Avenger <laughs> is always going to be the top rung. The sequels get progressively sillier, but this was, this is great. Well, then all the host of other movies that he, uh, Put under his moniker. <laughs> yeah, what was it like? But just all the crazy stuff. Yeah, again. We had a nice little stable of people going on there for a while. Yeah, James Gunn. Yeah. Holy fuck, the, uh, Dr. Tar, we were talking about this. He was responsible with what's the other guy uh, for distribution for VHS? Uh, Charles yeah. Band. Yeah. Yeah, Charles Band. Yeah. Yeah. Band was a competitor. There was another one. Who was the other one? Charles Band. But I know just because they were distributed. Oh no, but material. yeah, but they produced movies though too. I mean, they were they were making their own product for a while, weren't they? I thought they were, or were they just more just scouring, looking for other stuff or combo? Just asking, asking for a friend. Okay, your friend says it's time to get out of this episode. You guys want to watch me take a dump? This is Dr. Tar. This is Dr. This is Dr. Tar. And Wong. This is Dr. Tar. <laughs> You've been talking. You've been talking. Uh, you are the freak. Nope, nope, I'm gonna say it. I'm gonna say it, bro. No, oh, really? don't say it. You've been listening. <laughs> you were listening to? Oh, uh, Find us at unsaneradio at gmail.com. Oh, Radio other places. What about that there Facebook? We've got all kinds of stuff that's on Facebook. Shit tons of stuff on Facebook. We have the We Freaks. You know, you it comes out. It comes out so regularly. We're okay. almost got a shit ton of she freaks. <laughs> we freaks. We freaks. Not not she freaks. <laughs> That's true.
You can find Mark Justice, Dr. Head, a.k.a. Dr. Head, on Facebook at uh, Mark Justice Writer. <laughs> Tar and Feather Psycho Cinema has a page on Facebook, by the way. and Feather Psycho Cinema does produce movies now and then. Episodes, I should say. There we go. 